Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I will be talking with Laura Bowder, a fellow podcaster and a postpartum warrior. We're going to talk about her story with postpartum depression and just talk to her about who she is as a person and I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. Um, Hey Laura, are you there? Hi Alexa. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm so glad you were able to come on today. Thank you. How have you been? I have been doing well. I've been home with a sick baby today, but Aww. otherwise good. Aw. That's so sad. <laughs> I know. It's that time of year. Yeah, that's true. And is he like in preschool or anything or daycare? He's in a daycare, yeah. Yeah, a so lot of times they get sick too. <laughs> Yes, there's always germs flying around there. Yes. So if you want to tell us a little bit, like just about you, maybe what you do, a little bit about your podcast. Sure. Um, so I'm a school psychologist. So I work for the public schools in a large county that's outside of the Washington, D.C. metro area. And the podcast I recently started due to an experience that I had over the last year. Um, I gave birth to my son. He's a little over a year old now. And not too long after that, I started experiencing postpartum depression. But um, I didn't realize (laughs) that I was experiencing postpartum depression for a long time. So um, it took me most of his first year to figure it out and get treatment. But the podcast came out of that experience because I decided that I wanted to be part of getting my story out there and getting other women's stories out there because I feel like we need to talk more about postpartum depression and other mood disorders that occur during pregnancy or after. So the podcast is my way of helping with that and getting other women's stories out there. So I do a lot of interviews with other women so that they can talk about their experiences. And my hope is that women will listen to it and they'll be able to identify with different parts of different people's stories. I think that's amazing and it's very similar to like my podcast which is like invisible illness in general. Um, Yeah. I haven't I don't have any kids so I don't have like postpartum but or never experienced it but it's something that's invisible to the outside and people don't always understand like what they can't see. Right. So I think it is so important to like get people's stories out there and like show others that they're not alone. Right. And it's still very much not talked about. And I feel like a lot of times um, women either like me don't really understand what they're going through and they feel like what they're feeling is just a typical part of being a first time mom or they do know what they're going through, but they feel really guilty about it or really ashamed about it. And so they keep it to themselves and they don't get the help that they need. I, yeah, and I think that's why hopefully these podcasts and blogs and just people coming out more and more, hopefully it'll start to even open doors up. Definitely, that's my hope. Me too. Um, what were you like before your son? Like, were you, did you have a lot of anxieties and things, or was it more just right after you gave birth? Um. So... I think if you had asked me before my pregnancy, I probably would have said that, no, I wasn't an anxious person. 
But looking back on it, I mean, I guess I've always had some anxious tendencies. Um, I'm definitely a planner. Like, I like to know what the plan is. I like to know what's happening next. I like to be in control (laughs) of that plan. Not, like, overbearing, but, like, I don't like sudden changes or going into something that's unknown. And being a first-time mom is, like, the biggest unknown that I've ever experienced. Yeah. No, I'm the exact same way with like planning things out like without realizing and I like do it far and try and do it like farther in the future but it's like you can't you don't really know what's gonna happen yeah and I mean in my professional life like I'm very much by my calendar and my to-do lists and that kind of stuff just doesn't work with a little baby yeah (laughs) you know you sound I guess you sound just like me (laughs) I love those (laughs) to-do lists and crossing them off Oh my gosh, crossing something off your to-do list is the best feeling. And yeah, and the worst is when you don't get to cross it off, and then you have to <laughs> add more, and then I'm like, oh my god, nothing's going to stop. <laughs> exactly. So, what um, what were some of your, like, that you noticed, like, maybe some of your bad days or your bad moments after having the baby? Um, so after I had my son, I... I had a long labor and I had a a really difficult delivery, so I was in a lot of physical pain after I had him. And breastfeeding was really tough for us. He didn't sleep very well. He had reflux, so it took us a while to figure that out and get him on medication. So it was kind of like the perfect storm of my own sleep deprivation. Um, And so I would like, I would start to get really bad anxiety in the evening, like around six or seven like I would just I would know that the night was coming and it was going to be another night where I didn't get enough sleep and he would cry and I would cry and it was just very stressful and so the way that I I kind of explain it is that I experienced like an anxious depression like right after my delivery I assumed that my emotions were just all over the place because I was physically uncomfortable I was frustrated with how difficult breastfeeding was um so the first symptoms that i noticed were more related to anxiety and i worried about i worried about my son every time he finally did fall asleep which you know is supposed to be the time everyone says nap while the baby's napping so when he fell asleep i was like i knew that i should take that time to nap but all i could do was watch him like i was so worried that something was going to happen to him and when we moved him into his crib, I would, we had like a video baby monitor <laughs> and I would just check it all the time. I would carry it around the house with me and I would check it. Like I would just pull it out of my pocket the way some people like mindlessly check their cell phones. I would just check this monitor. Um, and then when I went back to work, the anxiety got worse because I couldn't see him. I couldn't monitor him there every day. So I was super worried that something was gonna happen to him there. Um, and once I went back to work, then I think that's when, like, I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back at it now, I think that going back to work was really when the depression part kicked in, or at least was, like, more noticeable, um, because I still wasn't sleeping well, but I had to go to work, so it wasn't even like I could catch a nap during the day, and adding, like, work deadlines and responsibilities back to my life was really overwhelming, um, so I felt overwhelmed at work and I felt overwhelmed at home 
And I started just having a lot of like resentment toward my son for not letting me sleep and not being like a, a calm, snuggly little newborn that I had expected. Um, I had feelings like he prefers my husband, I'm just here for food, and I felt like I wasn't even that good at that because breastfeeding was difficult. So I just had a lot of this like intrusive thoughts, like feeling like my son was doing things to me on purpose and what did I do to deserve this? And I was always really like on edge and irritable. So I was getting short and like picking little fights with my husband too. So it was just, I was just so unhappy and I felt so incompetent and it would just be a cycle because then I would feel guilty about being unhappy when I knew that I was supposed to be feeling so wonderful about having my new baby and being a new mom. So it just kind of spiraled. Yeah, it it's not, it, it's really not ever easy from what I can tell. Like, no. <laughs> I think it's really funny, actually, because I'm pretty sure I was just like your son. Like, I had <laughs> reflux. I was, apparently, I was up all night, most nights. So, like, it's, like, mm-hmm. so weird hearing your story because it's, like, so similar to our story. Yeah. It's really tough. And it's, no one ever really talks about that part of motherhood. I feel like when you're pregnant, everyone tells you how wonderful it's going to be. Um, And there are certainly wonderful things about it, but like when I was going through all of this, I found it really hard to focus on the good things, and my mind just kept replaying the bad things. And that's understandable, too, because that is a huge thing that's going on at the moment. Like, yes, there's always good things, but like anytime someone goes through something uncomfortable or bad, or that's kind of where you think only about at that time yeah and I think that when I was going through it it just felt like normal it felt like well these are just the thoughts I'm having and this must just be what my life is like now like there weren't really any red flags for me um as far as like oh maybe I need to get help for this like I could just rationalize that everything I was feeling was normal yeah when did you like kind of notice that like you started thinking well maybe it's something more than just normal did you think about it or did someone maybe bring it up to you yeah so my husband brought it up to me first and he probably brought it up to me within like the first month or so after our son was born and um because I remember being at a follow-up like pediatrician appointment for our son and he my husband was telling the pediatrician that he was concerned um, so she, she asked my husband to leave the room so that she could talk to me. Um, but they, they kind of, and it's a pediatrician, so they're not supposed to be, you know, my, my provider. Right. Um, but basically they just wanted to know, like, if I was having any thoughts about hurting myself or hurting my son. And I wasn't, and I never did. Um, which is why I didn't think that I actually had postpartum depression because I didn't know enough to realize that that's not the only way people experience postpartum depression um you know I had more thoughts of just like I don't want this why would anybody want this like I don't know why I thought I wanted this like I just wanted it to like I wanted it to disappear but like I didn't want to hurt anybody I just wished it away um so that's pretty much all the pediatrician did but anyway so yes my husband was the one that had to talk to me about it and he had to bring it up many many times and for a long time, I would just brush him off. And so what kind of pushed me over the edge was 
again, the anxiety more than the depressive symptoms. Um, probably a couple months after my son went back, or I went back to work, so my son was at daycare. Um, I was just like, these thoughts are in my head all the time, every day. Like, all I can think about while I'm at work is what's happening with him, and I can't focus at work. So um, I went to my doctor and told her about my symptoms and asked if maybe I should get on a medication or something. And my doctor's two questions were, can I sleep at night? And my answer was yes, as long as my son lets me. Like, um, I wasn't having insomnia. Like, I could fall asleep at night as long as my son was sleeping. And then the other question that she asked me was, can I do my job? And, like, I could do my job in that I got up and went to work and I was physically present all day and I didn't, like, miss deadlines or anything like that, but it wasn't enjoyable to me and it didn't feel like a priority to me. Like, the only thing I thought about at work was when I could get back and get my son from daycare. So the doctor told me that she didn't think I needed medication, but maybe I could try counseling, um, which seemed like a great idea. And I'm a school psychologist, so I am definitely pro-counseling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think counseling is great, but I think it, it was really overwhelming to me at the time. Like, I was already feeling like I had too much going on to then try and navigate the healthcare system of like finding a counselor that took our insurance and had an opening and having to like take myself up to actually make that phone call and talk about this with someone that I don't know. Um, so it was kind of overwhelming. And so I didn't seek counseling right away, but I did eventually go. And um, I didn't go until my son was like seven and a half months old, maybe. So it took way too long. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, it, yeah, because you just never know. It's like you think it, it's just your normal, but then, and it's like you already have that huge to do list, like to add that to sit and call and then have to make an appointment and go, and then you're away from your son longer. And it's just, it's like kind of that vicious cycle. Right. It's like, it's one more thing to think about. And I, I mean, when I tell a doctor, like, this is what's going on with me, and she says, well, I don't think you need medication, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so this is not really a severe problem. And when I would go to check up um, at my OB, like, right after I had my son, you know, you do your six-week checkup, and they actually have you fill out, um, like, a paper screening form where they ask questions that are related to postpartum depression. And so I answered my form, and the doctor told me that I wasn't, you know, my score was was fine so I had all these medical professionals telling me in my mind that I was fine um so I figured that, <laughs> that I just needed to suck it up basically <laughs> it was like all the doctors say I'm fine yeah did you so when you started going to counseling did it like start helping right away or like did you or did it take a while I would say that counseling helped pretty quickly um, with managing some of my anxiety. It just kind of got me out of my own head enough to question some of the intrusive thoughts I was having. Like, I used to, you know, go to work and worry about my son all day. And then 
I work at school, so like as soon as the final bell rang, I would be like, oh my gosh, I need to go. Like, when can I leave? And didn't matter what was going on at work or what I hadn't finished, I was like, I have to go get him right now. Um, and so my counselor did a lot of work with me just as far as like learning how to take some time for myself and, you know, I'll feel better if I finish this thing I'm working on at work or even if I want to leave my son at daycare for an extra hour so I can go home and take a nap or, you know, go get a cup of coffee or something. Um, so counseling helped a lot that way, just in kind of helping me to question some of my thoughts and put some things in place that made me feel better. And then the other thing that counseling did for me is that after a few sessions, my husband told me that he wanted to come to a session with me. So um, he came and I think having my counselor like know what she knew about me from the previous sessions and then talking to my husband that session was when my counselor really looked at me and she was like, I, I'm pretty sure that you're experiencing postpartum depression. Um, and at that point, like we'd build up enough of a relationship that I trusted her professional judgment. And um, I finally believed that that's what was going on. And like, once somebody named it and somebody told me that that's what was happening, it was almost a relief in some ways because... Yeah. It, it made me feel like, okay, like, I know what's going on. This is something that I can work toward fixing rather than just thinking that, like, this is how I'm going to feel forever. And sometimes, like, we are, like, a society that likes to label things. It makes it sometimes clear. And I think sometimes just hearing that, like, you know that it makes you in your head know, like, you're not crazy, even though you're not. Right. <laughs> So I like no, it's yeah. true, and that's the sad thing. It's like it shouldn't, it, we shouldn't have to live by labels to not feel crazy, but it's the stigma, right? And it's hard with mental illness because there's not usually like one checklist. Like if you have this, you're going to show these seven symptoms, and that's it. Like they can always present in different ways, right? For different people, and um. So I think that that's, it's hard to recognize in yourself and sometimes it's hard for other people to recognize it because there's just no set thing. And then even if you do, um, even if you do recognize it or you do get a diagnosis, then the treatments that are out there don't work the same for everybody. Some people will, counseling will be all that they need. Um, Some people do like, they want to do something more natural like herbal supplements or supplementing different vitamins and fish oil and that kind of thing um and some people do medication and so I ended up taking medication I take an antidepressant now and when I first started it um I took like the lowest dose and it really helped with the anxiety piece like um I didn't feel as worried all the time um I stopped checking the monitor all the time and um I just felt like I didn't panic every time my son was crying um and then but it didn't really help with some of the depressive symptoms like I still had a hard time getting up in the morning and convincing myself that going to work was important and I still had a lot of feelings about not being a good mom so um with an increase in my dosage um a lot of that got better too so 
I think that definitely the combination of counseling and medication is what has made the difference for me. And like I said, my son is only just a year, so I'm still I'm still working toward um, what I hope I can call a full recovery, but it's such an improvement. Well, that's, that's so good to hear. Um, so I, cause I was going to ask you like how you are today and if like you sometimes still have those like bad days and how do you get through it? Yeah, I mean, I, I am so much better. Um, and taking the medication, like it, it just made me feel more like myself again, um, which, you know, I thought that maybe I was just feeling differently because like, well, I'm a mom now, so I am different. I'm not the same person, but it, it gave me more energy um my thoughts were clearer like you know everyone talks about mom brain and (laughs) and mom brain is real um for sure but like when I took the medication it felt like my mind was like clearing away like there was fog in it that was lifting um and so I just like I would think of something and I wouldn't forget it immediately um I could I felt like I was better able to use some of the coping skills that I was learning about in counseling um but I, I mean of course I still have still have bad days where I feel overwhelmed um, and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I'm sure that that will continue forever because kids will always present you with something that that you know comes out of left field um, but the good thing about where I am now is that I can recognize those feelings um, and I can feel myself getting overwhelmed I can feel the difference between you know, feeling like I'm in a good place and feeling overwhelmed. And so I'm, I can ask for what I need. I don't feel guilty if I want to leave my son at daycare for an extra hour or if I need to ask my husband to take care of something around the house. Um, so I think it's just, I'm just better able to manage now. And whereas before everything felt so much more overwhelming. So I think it's just those little things, like the little things are the big things when I'm when I'm having one of my bad days yeah well and it sounds like your husband has been very supportive during all this too he has yeah he's he's been wonderful and he I mean he was always there to help with our son and he tried to take care of me you know as far as trying to tell me to get help tried to tell me to get out of the house um when I was on my maternity leave but he He's definitely been very supportive. And that's really good to hear because it's hard when you don't have that support. It is, yeah. And I think, um, you know, there's so many different contributing factors to postpartum depression, but support is definitely one of them. Um, and I had I had great support from my husband, but we um, don't have a lot of family that lives in the area. So once he had to go back to work, like it was, pretty much just me and the baby and there wasn't a lot of other people around who could help out so I think that um having having more support is always helpful and having a community is really important and sometimes just with the way you know things are with people moving to different areas for jobs and that kind of stuff you don't always have a lot of family around yeah um no, that I definitely agree with that. Um, do you guys have you guys talked? Do you think you'll have more kids, or do you are you just the one and done? Um, well, my son just turned a year, so we haven't made any definite decisions yet. Um, but I mean, the 
the postpartum depression is definitely on my mind. Uh, once you have it, you're at an increased risk for having it again. Um, but I mean, I would recognize it and I would get help earlier, but I don't, I don't think at this point I'm far enough removed from the experience yeah. where I'm considering doing it again at this point. So, um, yeah, no permanent decisions made at this point, but it's definitely going to be a consideration for me. And I, yeah, I don't blame you at all. Um, I think that's a huge thing, especially because you're like the one going through it. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I don't know, who knows? Every pregnancy is different, but um, I do worry, of course, that I would experience it again, and then I would have two children to take care of instead of one, but we'll see. <laughs> never say never. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you want to tell us, everyone, where we can find, because we're finishing up, if where your podcast can be found, um, and if there's anything else you want um, listeners to know. Sure. So the podcast is called Postpartum Perspective, and it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Um, and like I said, it's, it's recorded interviews with other women who have experienced mood disorders during pregnancy or after. Um, and we talk about their experiences and how they worked through it, what they're doing now. Um, and so through that podcast, I just want to put a lot of different stories out there. And I want to empower women to do whatever they need to do to be healthy and happy moms. Um, and so I guess what I would want everyone to know is just that you're not alone if you're experiencing something like this. And like I said, it can feel really isolating or shameful. Um, and so if you feel like you don't have anyone to talk to about it, um, listen to the podcast, find me on social media. It's been really healing for me to talk about what I went through with so many different women with similar experiences as I've been doing the interviews. So I just hope that it helps women who listen to it as well. Well, thank you for coming on to with Love Alexa and sharing your story. It was um, really inspiring to hear, and I'm glad you're doing better. And I'm going to tune into your podcast, too. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And this was another week of With Love Alexa. Bye.